When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everyone, to the 192nd episode of Power Your Parenting, Moms of Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. This episode is being released right before Thanksgiving, and I think this episode is perfect for the holidays. In today's show, we talk about the importance of awe and wonder and what the benefits are. We will discuss if the feeling of awe is within our control or does it just happen unexpectedly? Can we turn an awful teen into an awe-filled teen? I know, I just couldn't help it. How do we help teenagers experience more awe? Today's guest is Deborah Farmer Chris. Deborah is an education journalist, parent educator. Her bylines include PBS Kids, NPR's Mindshift, The Washington Post, The Boston Globe Magazine, and Oprah Daily. Deborah's work is grounded in the two decades she spent as a K through 12 teacher and administrator. She has a BA from Boston University in English, a BS from Boston University in elementary education and a master's of education from Rutgers University 2009 for counseling psychology. Her writing has been featured several times in the Washington Post. She is the co-author of the book, Building Character in Schools, a resource guide, and she's the author of the picture book series, All the Time, which has been featured on Oprah Daily, Slate's mom and dad are fighting and more. So welcome, Deborah. Thank you for having me. Yes. So the question I ask all my guests is, are you a mom? And if so, what are the ages of your kids? 
I am. It is the best part of my life. Uh, I have a sixth grader, so an 11-year-old, and I have a third grader who is almost nine. So I'm really excited to have a middle schooler because I love that age and uh, to be relishing the kind of end of lower elementary school. Yes. So can you tell the moms who are listening a little bit about you and your background? Sure. So my background is education. I began by teaching. My teaching career started in seventh grade, even though my degree was in elementary education and English. And so I dove in as a young teacher to the middle school years and just fell in love with it. From there, I became an assistant principal of a K through eight school. I went back and got my master's in counseling psychology, spent some more time teaching elementary and high school. And then when my kids were young, I decided to move more into the writing parent education realm. And I began to write for PBS Kids as a parenting columnist and write about education for NPR's MindShift. My favorite thing now, besides spending time with my kids, is to read and write and talk to amazing people so that... Basically, parents can have some help along their journey because none of us should be doing this alone. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about awe and wonder. So my first question is, are they different or are they the same? They're very similar. I think about awe as the emotion, right? So something may be full of wonder or wonderful, but awe is the feeling. And I think sometimes we don't think about awe as a feeling. We think about our feelings wheel and you have happy, sad, mad, scared, excited. But awe is one of those, I think, overlooked emotions. Mm -hmm. And given its incredible researched benefits, I think we should be prioritizing awe and even seeking, becoming awe seekers more than we do. Ooh, I love that. Awe seekers. That's very cool. And you're good with words because you're a writer. So I love it. So what do we know about the benefits of awe? And why is it something so underrated in today's world? Two questions. The benefits of awe are numerous. And a lot of this research is from the last 20 years and comes out of the Greater Good Science Center at Berkeley University, Professor Dr. Keltner. Uh, And They have looked at how awe can make us more generous, how it can make us more humble, more curious. Interview I recently did with a wonderful man named Ethan Cross, a neuroscientist. He talks about how it reduces our our mental chatter, which our teens need a lot of. So I would love to talk more about each of those if that's all right, because I think these are just really awesome research around it. So the piece about generosity is they did this amazing study where they had college students either look at a grove of redwood trees or look at the back of a building. Mm -hmm. And after doing that for about 15 minutes, somebody walked by and spilled pencils. And those who had been looking at the redwood trees were much more likely to help a stranger than those who'd been staring at buildings. And there's a sense that awe, which helps us feel small, but in a really good way. It just kind of puts things in perspective, right? You're looking at the stars and suddenly the fight that you had with your teenager about the skirt they were wearing that morning doesn't seem quite as important anymore. That feeling of good smallness kind of puts things in perspective and increases our sense of kind of um, generosity to the people around us. They've also found that there's real mental health benefits to this, that a wonderful researcher named Craig Anderson took 18 whitewater rafting trips with both combat veterans and kids who had experienced community violence and found that this time in nature reduced PTSD symptoms as much as the medication. And so looking at that as almost a concurrent 
or a, a complementary therapy that being out in nature really has mental health benefits. And also just even in terms of academics that kids who report feeling awe, they're more internally motivated because they're curious. They want to know why things are happening, not just for a grade, but because they really care. So th those are just a few of the just really awesome to use the word awe benefits of this emotion. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Yeah. So Ethan Cross uh, wrote a book called Chatter, which is about that voice inside of our head. And this is the not pleasant voice that's constantly reminding us what we did wrong. I can't believe I said that. And one of his research findings is that when you go out, especially in nature, and you experience awe, that anything that helps you zoom out of your own head reduces unwanted chatter. And so that beautiful piece of music, that really amazing sunset, that emotion, it just reminds us, it puts into perspective that little thing we were hyper-focusing on and it reorients the brain. So, you know, anything that helps us zoom out and see big picture reduces mental chatter. So if you have a teenager who is so upset about something they said in math class and they can't let it go, anything that helps them zoom out and say, you know, what would you say to a friend in this situation? Or what do you think you'll think about this in three years? Do you think you'll remember it? That helps them just get the bigger picture. But maybe taking the walk with the dog at sunset and seeing the beauty can also be a little bit of that mental reset. Mm, yeah, that's good. And it's so true. So why do you think it's underrated in today's world? Because awe requires slowness. It requires an attention outside of electronics. It is not found usually when we are driving, meaning pushing the grindstone. You know, when I asked Dr. Keltner about this, he says, how do we find awe? We, we wander without aim, right? We take mm -hmm. a walk with no purpose. Mm -hmm. We explore something. We stop and we look under a rock and we see what's there. Mm. And, you know, we're a very programmed society and mm. our kids are really programmed in their tween and teen years. Yeah. And so they're going from one thing to another, to another. And there'll be moments where I'll go out. And I honestly, I think the dog has been one of the best things. We got a dog during the pandemic. I've never had one before. And it's been an awesome source of awe because it forces me to go outside much more than I used to. And sometimes I'll pause and I'll look and I'll see the sunset and I'll look around and realize that none of the neighbors are out, obviously, because we're all busy. They're making dinner, doing homework. And I'll think there's this display out there for all of us to see and we're missing it. And yeah. so really purposefully saying, I'm going to be looking for this on a daily basis. One of the practices that I also found fascinating was they had senior citizens go on all walks once a week and an all walk was different than a regular walk. They were told to be looking for something that was beautiful or out of the ordinary because awe is something that's outside of your regular frame of reference, something that sparks that sense of wonder. And so, you know, rather than having their music on or talking to their friend while they were walking, they were looking at the clouds or noticing a bud and those who did an awe walk once a week, their sense of well-being was significantly higher than those who did not, those than the control group who did not take the awe walks. And that to me, like when I, when Dr. Keltner told me about that, like that changed, that changed my parenting because I interviewed him. It was, I guess, in November of last year. And, you know, winter in Massachusetts where I live is no joke. And so 
I began to take these daily awe walks, right? Where, you know, sometimes I can walk and talk or walk and plan my day, but I purposely would take one a day where I would just be looking for anything, the snowflake, the frost, the cloud patterns. And I like enjoyed nature in winter for the first time, maybe in my life, right? Just just (laughs) gritting my way through the season and using modern technology, I would snap one picture every day. That would be my goal. Like I want to find one picture I can snap each day. And, you know, flipping back through and just seeing in my phone the beauty that I discovered almost on a daily basis was really like it provoked awe. It also provoked a lot of gratitude, which we know is another very protective emotion. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love the all walk. Like you just naturally gravitated to that as a mom. Mm-hmm. And I think this would be an amazing thing for all you moms listening to try, like try that maybe in the holidays, you know, is just go for an all walk by yourself, no dogs. Maybe you could bring a dog and do that and snap a picture of something that you find is beautiful. I love that. It's really wonderful. We talk about self-care, right, as parents and trying Mm -hmm. to carve out that time. I mean, I think these all walks did many things for me. It reoriented me, right? I'm in nature, right? I'm going on a walk that's good for my body, getting the, you know, the, the nice air, but also it just, it was so grounding and it really was just for me. And even if it was 15 minutes to be out and purposefully looking for things that were filling me up, we don't make a lot of time for that as moms. Right. And going back to the mental chatter, moms can have that too. Oh, all the time. <laughs> can't believe how the morning went. I can't believe I said that. I lost my temper again. I swore I wouldn't do that. Yes. I have so much to do. Oh my gosh. And then I think sometimes our walks are just our mental chatter just follows us on these walks. So to be intentional and just say, no, I'm going to leave that behind. And this is a form of mindfulness. It's a form of being present. And it's like looking for the awe. Mm -hmm. And it's there. It's a good reminder, too, that mindfulness doesn't have to be sitting down and deep breathing. That sometimes I think that it's like, oh, no. And I do. And I'll sit down and try to do that. And my brain will be going. And and then I feel like I'm failing at something else. (laughs) I'm like, I'm failing at mindfulness along with everything else. And for me, sometimes moving my body helps me be more mindful. And so going out on a walk, the other thing that, you know, as a happenstance would have, I was, I took my son out on a walk last winter and we heard a bird and he said, what bird is that? And I said, I don't know. And so I said, well, you know, being a kid of his generation, isn't there an app that tells you what the bird songs are? <laughs> and in fact, there is. It's a free one from a Cornell Anthology Lab called Merlin. You can snap a picture. I have that. I love, love it. it. We got it. We held it out and we identified it as a tufted titmouse or whatever it was. And we began to do that. He was, you know, second grade at the time. We would go on walks together and we would be on listening walks, right? We'd be quiet. And if we heard a bird would stop, I'd pull out my phone. And he was so hushed because if we talked, we couldn't get the recording that we needed. And for my kid, who is a talker, right, all the time, he's an extrovert on on overdrive, to get him quiet and outside, he experienced that awe. He can now identify like 30 birds by sound from this experience. And, you know, that was my entryway in. I didn't expect him to become a bird watcher, but that's what being outside did for us. 
Yeah, actually, I was observing myself. It really helped me quiet my mind really quickly because you are. It's like, what bird is that? What bird is that? I know I'm doing really well when I notice, wow, that's beautiful how the light's hitting the tree. Mm -hmm. That's a sign, girlfriend, you're doing well. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Right? I'm in the space where I can see it. I can see the beauty. Yeah, because the beauty's there. It's just our minds are so chattery. Yes. So slowing that down. And if you're doing that through intention or using a little bird app, all those tools help you let it go. Yeah. And then you recognize there's this chorus of creatures out there who don't care about me. And that's awesome. Like that is freeing that (laughs) my worries don't matter to the cardinal. (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. I can like recognize, I know the hawks. I know the blue jays. I know the cardinals. And so it's just fun. Yeah. It's very fun. And this is not a birding episode, but (laughs) we are just talking about that today. Is feeling awe within our control or does it just happen to us unexpectedly? I think the answer is both. That we can be seeking it more than we do. And that if we are putting ourselves in the position where we are looking for it, Mm -hmm. it can happen upon us in ways that we do not expect. If you are paying attention and you're outside and suddenly you see the rainbow you wouldn't have seen otherwise. It's luck that's been helped along because you've been putting yourself in that position. I mean, I've even said to, you know, my, my middle schooler, her piano teacher asked her, you know, what kind of music do you like? And she was having a hard time answering because, you know, she doesn't like the kid music anymore. Then she has her parents' music. So trying to figure out what she liked. And I said, this is an awesome opportunity to go and sit and figure out what music moves you, right? That's a beautiful part of your self-discovery because sometimes a piece of music will hit you and your eyes will well up with tears, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'll be listening to an audio book. I was listening to a great book called actually Bomb Shelter. It's a memoir about motherhood that I highly recommend. And I was on a drive the other day and listening to that. And I almost had to pull over because my eyes just filled with tears at a moment of recognition, right, of this kind of collective experience of what it means to love your children and not be able to control the challenges that are going to come their way. And that was a moment of awe to kind of feel those goosebumps. You know, I think another way to think about awe is those goosebump moments or those Mm -hmm. moments where you just find your eyes stinging a little bit, not for sadness, not for happiness, but for just the wonder of it. You know, and I, I think part of it too is when you do notice it, to stop and feel it, to like allow yourself to take that extra moment to pause and to recognize the feeling. Because I I think sometimes we get cut off from our feelings. And so if we're sad, we want to suppress it. If we're angry, we want to swallow it. If we're happy, we'll live into it, but not too long. (laughs) So being able to take a feeling like that and let it linger a little bit, I think it primes us potentially to feel a little bit more. Now, I'm not sure there's science behind that. That's me and on my soapbox over here. But given what I know about emotions in general, when we start to pay attention to them and let them flow through us, it's helpful to allow those feelings to come and to pay attention to them. No, that makes so much sense. In this culture, we're so primed to just rush and be productive. Mm-hmm. It is just moments, even just five seconds. Like I remember walking past this tree, you see the sun lighting up the leaves mm. and just to stop and just five seconds, really look and see it. Yeah. Yeah. We We don't even give ourselves gifts of five seconds. Right. And it's that art of paying attention and 
You know, something else that Dr. Cross introduced to me when I was talking to him about his book, Chatter, is something called attention restoration theory. And I wrote about this. I have an article out in Deseret Magazine this week that talks about this and how how being in nature and paying attention to nature actually restores our attentional capacities. Because when I have to focus Mm -hmm. on paying bills, it requires my executive function skills. And I only have so much, right? It's like attention is a finite resource. And it's for moms, we're drained of it all the time. But when you are out in nature and you notice the birds or the wind, it's effortless attention, meaning it doesn't take our effort. It actually recharges our attentional batteries. There's research behind this. And so it's this kind of subset of awe, right? That being outside and and allowing ourselves to just notice and be curious can actually help us go and be more productive when we get back inside. So win-win. Yeah. I think everyone, even adults, and maybe especially adults, we want to experience some kind of awe and wonder, or we want to create moments of magic for our kids, even teens. And so do you have any thoughts about how moms can help facilitate awe and wonder moments in the holidays? Mm, What a great question. Because I sometimes think we try to do it all to make awe for them and then we're worn out. So I think remembering that sometimes the things that the kids find most amazing are not the things that require it all, the incredible effort. I mean, one of my kids' favorite things to do is just to drive around to look at lights during the holiday Mm -hmm. season. And so we just you know, pick a night and get in our PJs early and just drive around with some music playing and looking at the lights. And there's something about seeing beautiful lights and being together as a family. I think it can be helpful to remember some of the sources of awe. And so nature obviously is, is one. And so being able to get outside, music is another one. And so sometimes some of those Old holiday favorites can can bring back memories that bring that sense of awe. Visual art is one, especially, you know, if you have a teen or tween who's artistically inclined, you know, over the holidays, going to a museum and just letting them wander and see something that appeals to them. Don't try to see the whole museum. A lot of us have forgotten museums existed because of COVID. They're there and they're not as crowded as they used to be. But There are a couple other sources of awe that I think we overlook. And and one is a very fancy word. It's called collective effervescence. And that is simply being in a group that all has a collective purpose. And so this is why it feels so good to go to a game and be cheering with the home team because we're all cheering together. And that is that fun feeling. This is why it's great to be part of a choir because you're all for the same purpose. I have one child who doesn't really love sports, but decided to join a a track club to do something to move their body. And while she doesn't adore the running, there's something about being with 200 other kids outside, you know, uh, doing this that evokes some of that sense of collective effervescence. What they have found is the single biggest driver of awe. I would have thought nature, right? I think we prioritize that. Mm -hmm. But the single biggest driver of awe is actually noticing the goodness of other people. That is the thing that really gives us that catch your breath awe moment. We know that our social media algorithms don't prioritize that. They prioritize the outrage. I wish they prioritized the awe because it's contagious too. And so this is why sometimes, you know, hearing a story about somebody who just goes out of the way to help somebody else, holidays are filled with those stories. 
because we're often really trying to go outside of ourselves. So to listen for those stories, to share those stories, maybe even just text it to your team. Like, did you see this? And just send it like, Mm -hmm. oh, it just primes us to remember kind of the best of humanity, because I think it's really easy for kids in these news cycles and our teens. I mean, there's a lot of scary stuff in the news. How do we counteract by reminding them of how much goodness there is with people? Mm -hmm. And then I think to help them be part of that story themselves. And so who is that neighbor who might use the cookies on their doorstep, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things my mom, we would do is we would take jars of jam to all the neighbors at the holiday season. Last year, I decided, you know, I'd never done that before, but it was an old, old childhood memory. So my mother canned her own. I do not can. (laughs) I went and bought a bunch of jars of jam and we wrote, you know, holiday cards. And I sent my youngest out with a wagon to deliver to all our neighbors, some who we know, some who we don't know. And for three months, we had neighbors coming up to thank us. And my son kept hearing this of, you dropped off the jam. Thank you so much. And it allowed him to be part of something bigger than himself, right? First, he was kind of grumbling that mom's making me go out and do this (laughs) right during my vacation. But it it paid over so many times as he had the opportunity to see people's gratitude and feel like he was a part of that. So looking for those ways to serve as a family can be a way to create feelings of awe for them and for other people. Oh, those are good ideas. So a lot of times parents think of teenagers and the holidays as just this moody, broody teenager in their room. They don't want to go out of their room and they're just looking at their phone and they don't want to go to grandmother's house and they're complaining about the food. They hate turkey or whatever. (laughs) Is it possible to instill awe and wonder in teenagers? Oh, 100%. In fact, I think they're so wired for it, right? They have, for all of their grumpy, prickly side, these are kids who also are idealistic, who are looking to change the world, who are looking to be moved, who are looking to do big things. And I think we have to remember that part of their job is to be grumpy with us. You know, when they complain about going to grandma's house for Thanksgiving, that doesn't mean they don't want to go to grandma's house for Thanksgiving. It means that part of their job is to put up that fight a bit. And yet if they were left home, they would be devastated. (laughs) Ritual is really, really grounding for our teenagers, right? The family dinner. Yes, they may grumble about, you know, getting off their video game or their conversation or their homework to come. And yet that ritual is very grounding at a time when there's so much else that's swirling. And so we don't have to, they don't have to love it. We just have to provide it. You know, Mm -hmm. there are some non-negotiables that in this family, you know, we do this together and putting in routines and rituals that they come up with too. Like a couple of years ago, we watched the Muppets Christmas Carol on Thanksgiving night. And then the year after we did the same thing. And once you do it twice, it's definitely a tradition that you can never break. (laughs) And so they brought it up again, like, oh, on Thanksgiving, we're going to watch the Muppets Christmas Carol that night. And so the holidays are actually a great time to tap into the nostalgia of childhood. It's often a time when they might be willing to do things in the name of, oh, I remember when, Mm -hmm. that they actually secretly love. So. Employ them, let them write, and then instead of you creating the magic, have them write down five things they want to do, like five holiday shows they want to watch or streets they want to drive down or 
desserts they want to make or have you make for the holidays because then it's not you trying to impose the awe on them it's allowing them to have that autonomy they're looking for and get that sparkle back but when it's their idea it's always a little bit easier oh i love that that is so wise in the summer my daughter said i really want to see the fall leaves and i want to go to colorado and see the fall leaves And so I think often our teens invite us into wonder and awe. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes as parents, we're like, well, that's not practical. That would cost money. Mm -hmm. That would take time. And I always fight that practical side of me. But I said, let's do it. We go up in the Rocky Mountain National Park and it is like golden. It is like glory. It's the Aspens. The Aspens are just gorgeous. But then my daughter said, let's go do the star tour. That seemed like a scary thing because you would have to go up Trail Ridge Road, which is one of those roads at 12,000 feet high with sheer drop-offs at night. And I said, I would want to drive that. And my daughter's 26. And she said, I'll drive. So we did it. And I think sometimes you have to push through being uncomfortable to even experience awe. Yeah. We followed this Jeep of the person who was leading it, and there are four cars, and we go up to the top at 12,000 feet up in the mountains and just look at a billion stars in the Milky Way, and it's cold, and it's just magical. Mm -hmm. And Jupiter was never closer to the Earth than before, and it was just like lit up. Yeah. So my daughter invited me into awe and wonder. I love that because I think those become those kind of grounding memories. You know, when you see something or feel something that's a little bit indescribable, right? There aren't great words. When you see the Milky Way for the first time, there's no good words to describe what you're seeing and how beautifully small it makes you feel. I just, I love that. I remember with stars, my father, who was a scientist and not a man of many words, but he loved astronomy. And he took us out one night. He woke me up. It's probably about nine years old. Woke me up about three in the morning. And he had laid out blankets outside because it was the meteor shower in August, the first mm. meteor shower. Mm. And the, I'm the youngest of five. Not all of us made it outside. Some just grumbled and went back <laughs> to bed. But I, I think me and at least one other sibling made it out. And it is as one of those kind of core memories because it was out of the ordinary, right? It didn't take any money to go put that blanket out. You know, the other night there was a meteor shower and I told my daughter, like, let's get out of bed and go see. And, and we didn't see any. We were in the area. We didn't see many. But I told her the story and she said, next August, can you do that for me? And so even though for me, I don't love getting up at three in the morning anymore, it's in my head now that I'm going to do that for my kids next year because that's an opportunity to see something that just reminds us of what a beautiful world we live in. And I think we just need as many reminders of that as we can get. Oh, yes. Yes. So here's another question. Besides the awe walk, what are other things that moms can do to increase their awe and wonder? Because I think one of my passions is to really empower moms because I think we just get so depleted and exhausted and all mothered out. Do you have any ideas? You know, to go back to that kind of list of things that provoke awe, I had a moment about a year ago where I realized I didn't know what kind of music I liked anymore. 
mm-hmm. because I had either was stuff from my 20s mm-hmm. that I was listening to, but it didn't totally fit me anymore. Or it was my kids' music. You know, it was Raffi and it was stuff that they were now outgrowing, but then it was Taylor Swift and I, I you know, she's wonderful, but like, <laughs> what was it? And so I began to go on a little bit of that quest to say, okay, now I'm in my mid forties. Like what appeals to me? And so I sent out to my Facebook friends. I said, if I loved these in the past, what music do you think I would like now? And people responded and I put together this playlist and it was, it was funny. It was one of those little things, but it was for me. It was for me wanting to create a playlist that would speak to me while Mm -hmm. I was putting my headphones on to do the dishes or, you know, driving to pick up my kid from soccer practice. What are those things I could listen to? I think about that sometimes in, you know, stealing away on a book, right? That sometimes for me, reading can really create awe, especially if it's I enter a world that I don't ordinarily inhabit. And I also think that really big one of noticing the goodness in others is mm-hmm. that, you know, especially sometimes I have an encounter, a brief encounter with a friend or even a stranger. It was a couple of days ago, I was leaving a coffee shop. I left and I didn't hold the door for the person behind me. And I noticed just as it was shutting, I apologized and I pushed it all the way open. And I said, I didn't see you. And she laughed and she said, we get so much in our bubbles. And we ended up talking for five minutes about how nice it is to just talk to strangers <laughs> And I kind of rode on that high for the next three hours, right? Because I allowed myself to savor that moment. And it it is in those little snatches sometimes where if we get that, you know, it may just be sending out a kind text to a friend you haven't talked to in a while and they send back a, a quick little note and it reminds you that you're not alone and so lonely. And so, you know, doing those little outreach pieces that just remind you of your web of hair and the people that do love you, even though we get busy and I'm not always as good as I should be about reaching out to friends and family, that I might take five minutes and send out three random texts to people just saying, I hope you have an awesome day. And here's a fun picture I took of the bird on my walk this morning. And people respond with a thank you. And I needed that today. And so we fill each other up. It only took a few moments but it just reminded us that these relationships ultimately are one of the, our greatest sources of awe. Mm, yeah, that's really great. And it makes me think of the importance of moms creating little tiny spaces in our days so that we're not just literally every second being productive. Yeah. And you can't be productive every second. That's the thing. Right. That you try and you burn out. You know, our attention is a really limited cognitive resource. And, you know, we feel stretched thin so often because our brains really can't focus as much as we want them to. And so I think we feel parentally depleted, but these moments that we take to go on that walk, to sit with the song that we love, to have an interaction with a friend, like that fills us up to take things on again. Yeah. Um, And so they're good for the soul. And they're also really just good you know, pragmatically, like I do better work when I've gone on my walk first, you know, I'm I'm more productive and I'm also more patient with my kids when I have the me time. Absolutely. You know, when I'm a martyr, no, I'm not, I'm no fun to be around when I'm a martyr. (laughs) Not for me, not for my kids. Right. Right. So just practically, and you're kind of implying this earlier, is that we can simplify things. Mm -hmm. We may not need to make a apple pie from scratch. No, and honestly, if you have tweens and teens that are interested in that, 
if they want to do it themselves, that's awesome. Like we've been watching Great British Baking Show and it's great fun. And, you know, so now my son is interested in doing more baking. And I thought, you know, I would rather do the baking with him and have it be a memory than me doing it by myself in the kitchen and the kids not appreciating how much work I put into this. Because otherwise, you know, it tastes really good off the frozen aisle as well. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so true. And a lot of teenagers like to bake. That's yeah. a really good idea. It's a good stress reliever, right? Like, yeah. and I, I have to say, if I'm, we're probably the last family to discover this show because uh, I feel like everybody else has been watching it for a decade, but <laughs> it feels like just a big, a big warm hug. We're going through the old seasons and just watching people bake is so oddly comforting, I have to say. Yes, yes. Moms, you want to give yourself that gift of feels like an awe infusion. Like when you experience awe, it's like it just infuses through your whole self. It changes everything. And sometimes I also think it's a matter of reminding yourself of parts of yourself you may have forgotten, right? Or, you know, there are seasons in life and there are things that may have gone dormant. Like maybe you were involved with a choir when you were younger and you haven't had time. And now your kids are a little bit older and maybe you can go and join that Tuesday night choir again or do a little more singing in the shower if it was something that you loved. And sometimes pausing to say, you know, what was something that brought me joy before I had kids? And is there a way to reconnect with it in a different way now? You know, Mm -hmm. your examples are real doable. And I do think often that moms, we forget to listen to our music. Mm -hmm. And music can move us and get us out of the mental chatter. And it can make us feel more alive. Mm -hmm. And so I think awe makes you feel more alive. Yes. The best part of being alive, right? The part that makes you say, I'm really lucky to be living on this beautiful planet. That's the good stuff, right? Yes. To just be able to feel that in relationships, in nature, to just be able to marvel at the beauty that is out there to be had. Mm -hmm. So any last advice for the moms listening? We all need to be gentle with ourselves. There's a piece of parenting research that I find so hopeful, which is out of the Harvard Center for the Developing Child, which is that... The kids who were most resilient when they're older are not those who didn't go through hardship. It's those who, even when there was challenges, had at least one stable caring adult. And that is not a perfect caring adult. That is not a caring adult who never loses their temper. It was just someone who showed up. And that really made the difference. And so sometimes, you know, I may not be my best self, but I'm there. I'm showing up. Just showing up for your kids It doesn't have to be a picture-perfect magical holiday. It's just a gift that you're there with them. Yes. Yeah. It's not about perfection. No. In fact, I think perfection probably kills awe. Sometimes the most beautiful things are, you know, that butterfly we see that has five legs instead of six, right? But when it's, it's there still you know, hovering around and we're marveling at its delicacy and it's it's beautiful because of its imperfection, not in spite of it. Yes. Well, Deborah, thank you so much. Thank you. What a good reminder for everyone as we're getting in this busy season to just take a moment and experience some awe. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. 
Also, my award-winning, best-selling books, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com. And that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.